Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. Mittwoch, 20 Uhr. Herzlich willkommen zu Ask Lou and Lada Nummer 4 with Burlesque on Air mit Lady Lou, Lada Redstar und mir als Co-Moderatorin Susanne. In dieser Sendung könnt ihr alle möglichen Fragen stellen, sei es zu Sex, Beziehungen, Liebe, Styling, Selbstbewusstsein und natürlich auch Burlesque. Und nun hallo an Lada Redstar. Hello, dear listeners of Alex Radio, and we're back. We're back with our monthly appointment about everything that is naughty, everything that is burlesque, and everything that is scandalous. And remember, we'll always be faithful to you, and we'll always be back on the third Wednesday of the month on Alex Radio. Hello, listeners. This is Lady Lou. And for those of you who are listening for the very first time, let me just explain what our show is all about. It is you, our listeners of Ask Lou and Lada, that send in questions. And these questions can be whatever your heart desires. It can be anything from styling advice, anything about burlesque, dating, sex, seduction, anything glittering, glamorous, funny, sexy, whatever your heart desires, really, we, we will answer anything. And when we say anything, we mean anything. For example, in the past episodes, we talk about anal orgasm, foreplay disasters, but as well, vintage hairstyles and artist insecurities. So you really can send us any questions you want us to answer to. And if you missed the last episodes, you can find them on our SoundCloud. So just look for Burlesque on Air on SoundCloud or like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Burlesque on Air. And today we have some really exciting questions such as how to buy cruelty-free feathers, where to find a dominant woman when you're a submissive man, all about our research and finding of the female ejaculation, how to get inspiration for new shows, and much, much more. In the past episode, we left the topic a little bit in the middle and we said that we would research it. So did we do our researches for, since last month about female ejaculation? And how about your research, Suzanne? Do you have any results for us? Yes, I was successful. I mean, not myself. I mean, I was successful with another person. Whoa. I happened to meet... Suzanne got lucky. <laughs> Suzanne got laid. Uh -huh. yes. And she always says things with this uh, quiet voice, like if nothing happened. Suzanne, you're a sex machine. Yeah, but not everybody should know, you know. Well, <laughs> the whole listeners of the Alex Radio now know. Mm. <laughs> so tell us what happened, Suzanne. Naya, I, uh, to be honest, I don't really know what exactly I did, but somehow <laughs> it worked out. So I think it was just the right feeling in the right moment. And then, yeah, this person was like, mm, it happened to be this female ejaculation with an okay, orgasm. Okay, Suzanne, okay, mm. Suzanne, don't mm. tell us too much about it because we're going to talk about this talk topic later on in the episode and we're going to have a sex expert in our studios. So we'll check that later. But now we have a huge, amazing, wonderful announcement to, to make. Let's scream it to the world, Suzanne! One, two, three! Lady Lou is pregnant! Bravo! <laughs> Yay, thank you, ladies. It's nice that you're so excited for me. We are not only excited about you, but we are excited to be able to explore your sexuality during pregnancy. Well, I'm afraid to disappoint you. Actually, this is my second pregnancy and my first pregnancy, yes, I, there was a lot of um, strange sexual arousal and experiences there, but this one, uh, yeah, I have to say that my sexual drive has gone down to nil, zero, nothing, nada, zip. 
What? You need to give us some topics for the radio show. I mean, you need to work on that. I know. It was so strange, though. The other day, uh, a friend of mine was cooking dinner for us, and she was explaining to me this delicious dessert that she was going to make, and she was explaining all of the beautifully yummy ingredients that she was going to use and while she was describing it I was getting a tingling sensation all over my body I got all flushed and red and I looked down and I noticed I actually had erect nipples (laughs) well you know what that happens to me even if I'm not pregnant so (laughs) but uh, food is definitely my main source of arousal at the moment it's it's what I think about when I wake up and what I think about when I go to sleep and all throughout the day (laughs) so it's gone from watching porn movies and reading dirty books to watching cooking shows and reading recipes so um (laughs) But anyway, I think it's going to be very interesting in the next episode to explore month per month uh, the sexuality of a woman during pregnancy and the changements of her body and the changements of her relationships, sexual and emotional, with the husband or with the partner. So how was your last pregnancy? How did you feel the changement of your body and how did you feel you know, your body changing as a sexual object, of course, an object that you're using yourself to uh, a reproduction, I mean, body, you know? Well, my last pregnancy, of course, um, like any pregnancy, you go through different phases. Um, So one month you'll be feeling extremely horny and just can't get enough sex. And then the next month you won't be thinking about it at all. Um, But yeah, I went through some interesting ups and downs and um, had some moments where I just couldn't, couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough sex and I was just thinking about it constantly and I just felt like a gorgeous goddess who uh you know was going to give to create this beautiful baby and um just wanted to make love um but it was actually my uh partner who was a little bit awkward about this uh, new development of this huge big belly and the fact that um, having sex he was worried that he could hurt the baby and all of these things it was uh, a little bit awkward for him actually but uh, we we got around it um, and worked it out but uh, yeah it's interesting the uh, also the confusion and the questions and uh, everything that the men go through as well as the women uh, so yeah and how has the changement of your body lived in your couple? Like, was it, you know, a sort of a form of new explorations of new shapes of your body? Was it sort of almost a new fetishism of your body changing? Or was it something that sometimes you would be a little bit ashamed of or embarrassed? And how was that changement of your body lived by both of you, you and your partner? Well, the most dramatic change, of course, is the belly, that's obvious, but the other dramatic change are the breasts get so big and plump mm. and round and A milky lady look. So, um, yeah, that's um, always like a fun new toy to play with, these big bouncy boobs, mm. um, and of course the men love that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, with the big round belly uh some sex positions are a little bit awkward so yeah you really sort of have to take a little bit of care but uh with some communication and uh yeah some time you you find what's right for you so perfect so this was the first part of our new uh topic about uh our host lady lou being pregnant and this is your fourth month of pregnancy if i'm not if i'm right 
Yes, almost going into my fifth month. Which means that this baby was conceived during the first episode of Ask Lou and Lada. So hopefully mm. we are a little bit, um, uh, it, we have a part in this. <laughs> so we're gonna keep this appointment uh, every month and uh, see how your sexuality evolves. And hopefully we'll have your partner one day in the show and he's gonna be able to talk about, you know, his vision and his changements in your couple and sexuality. So uh, keep in touch for next month and we'll continue with this discussion. I'm proud to be your pregnant guinea pig there, Lada. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to use you for so many <laughs> experiments. <laughs> yeah, I, I already Ooh. have some things in mind. <laughs> Ooh, bring out the rubber gloves there, Suzanne. <laughs> Ja, also es bleibt auf jeden Fall spannend. Und zu den Themen nochmal, die wir heute haben, das sind einmal Federn. Wo bekommt man Federn her, die nicht aus grausamer Haltung stammen? Ein weiteres Thema ist, wie man eine dominante Frau findet, wenn man selbst ein devoter Mann ist. Dann wird es auch darum gehen, woher man Inspirationen für seine neue Show bekommt. Und außerdem haben wir noch einen Experten zu Gast, der von sich behauptet, dass er jede Frau zu einer weiblichen Ejakulation bringen kann. Wir freuen uns auch sehr, verkünden zu können, dass Lady Lou schwanger ist. Und in ihrer Schwangerschaft ist es zurzeit so, dass sie von Sex nicht so sehr gedanklich beherrscht wird, sondern sie denkt von morgens bis abends nur ans Essen und das erregt sie. Wie sich das noch in den nächsten Monaten weiterentwickeln wird, das werden wir beobachten und es wird sicherlich einige spannende Experimente geben. So it seems like right now that more than being interested in men, Lady Lou is interested in sugar.
88.4. Kreatives Radio für Berlin. Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. Did I hear someone say sugar? Oh, please give lady, me sugar. Look, lady, look, sugar. calm down. Your nipples are interfering with the radio waves and the antennas of uh, Alex Radio. So uh, calm, your, calm your senses and let's go to the next question by C. Road. Hello, Lady Lou and Lada. I want to know if there is any way to buy some feathers fan um, which are not from any kind of traffic or illegal hunting or intensive breeding. I would like to get a pair of uh, feathers fan which are cruelty free and uh, I would like to be sure that the animals are treated well. Thank you. Das war eine Voice Message von Sirot, die über unsere Facebook-Seite www.facebook.com slash burlesqueonair reingekommen ist. Und sie fragt, wie man sicher gehen kann, dass die Federn, die man kauft, nicht grausam von den Vögeln entfernt worden sind. Oh my God, what would a showgirl be without cruelty? Cruel to the audience, cruel to the to the man playing with them, cruel to the animals. Oh, how much I love the feathers, how much I love furs, how much I would love little kids with their gentle little hands to make my costume. Easy now, so, Lada. Easy, well, well, easy, I'm easy. I'm getting as excited easy, as you easy. with sugar. We're gonna get about we're gonna get, in my shows. We're gonna get kicked off the radio station, please. Just. What? Be a little bit more gentle. Show some heart. Come on, come on. But this is not supposed to be a politically correct radio show anyway. I thought I could say anything I wanted. Tell us what you know about ostrich feathers. Ah, okay. So... Ostrich feather was, was used uh, since antique times, especially by Egyptians. And they used the ostrich feathers as a symbol of their power and of war and battle. And then it was imported in Europe in the 15th century, where as well it was mostly used by men on their heads. And then obviously La Belle Epoque and the time where women uh, used their sensuality in so many ways. And it was expressed by their magnificent uh, uh, dresses and ornaments and the ostrich feathers was used so 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 much and the feathers in general was used so 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 much then all these animals it almost get instincted what a romantic story for my vision of romanticism and for my vision of, of a beauty of aesthetic yes so many of the the birds nowadays are not even legal to use their feathers anymore like egret. Ostrich luckily is. But ostrich is almost instinct in natural habitats. So ostrich mostly lives in ostrich farms nowadays. But Emma, could you tell us a little bit more about the ostrich farms? I can because I've actually been to an ostrich farm. A friend of mine and I, we made a little day trip to a ostrich farm just outside of Berlin because oh, we were curious. Lady. Yeah, we were curious have, to see how been, these no, creatures... You know what I want to know. Have you been cruel? Tell me you've been cruel to those animals. No, Lada. Oh. I, I'm not the cruel one here. I'm the loving, gentle one, okay? Oh, you're a mommy. I, I know. know. I'm the mother, mothering type. I know. Time so, has changed. And I did take my son with me, actually, to the ostrich farm. He did enjoy it. Oh, was, to teach him how to be cruel. No. He, oh. <laughs> the cruel ones were the ostriches. They were quite brutal, quite scary birds. Anyway, let me tell you what I discovered out there. So there have been many discussions in the backstage between burlesque showgirls about whether or not the ostriches are killed for their feathers. So I found a really interesting article uh, by Dahlia Dare, and she said that uh, wrote an article called The Truth About Ostrich Feathers. Now she explains that ostriches do not naturally lose their feathers. They have to be taken from the bird. But if the farmers cut three inches above the nerve, the ostriches do not feel a thing and the feathers will grow back in 12 months. And so this could be a productive way for the farmers to sell feathers, but actually they don't do this. They do kill the bird, not for the feathers, but for something that's worth a lot more money in this industry. My is costumes? No, Lada. <laughs> <laughs> it's the meat 
and also the skin uh, so the skin is uh, used as like leather and uh, yeah the meat is uh, quite a, f a fine uh, delicacy so they can sell it for a lot more money than they can the feathers so sadly yes the birds do get killed uh, but and then the feathers are just a side product from that exactly so the bird is not killed especially for the feathers but as well, uh, there are burlesque performers making their own feathers, so synthetic feathers made out of fabric and wire. Uh, and there are several tutorials online if you just do a search for faux or fake feathers uh, tutorials. Yeah, there's some interesting methods out there and the feathers do look quite realistic. And uh, so I'm sure you could work out uh, some ways to make your own special synthetic feathers and there as well many other i mean you can be creative as well if you don't feel like using animal products in your costumes there are many other ways to make fans without feathers i mean i know that the, this feeling of the feather on your skin is something that is so sensual and the audience almost can feel it as well but for example you can make a, a, a fan uh, out of uh, maybe palm um, leaves or you know you can be very creative and make something completely original that hasn't been seen before Although, we have to know that uh, one of the first striptease in history, which happened at the Folie Bergère uh, during the review uh, La Fleur de Lotus, uh, the dancer was getting naked. I mean, of course, not completely naked because she was wearing like a skin-colored body, but she would get naked, let's say, to go and have a bath in the river. And the final scene would actually be her covering um, her intimate part with two big uh, palm leaves. So, I mean, uh, if if you think about it, one of the first fans used in history was actually not made of feather, but it was made of palm leaves. So you can have creative way, ways of uh, making uh, cruelty-free costumes. Although I think that uh, uh, while being an artist, you really have to keep, keep in mind that your final purpose is the one to satisfy your audience, is the one to satisfy uh, the uh, the ultimate cult which is the one of aesthetic and which is the one of pleasure and unfortunately i think you have to put on aside uh, any moral <laughs> any morality or uh, you know anything that is going to get on your way toward that ult ultimate uh, uh, purpose uh -huh. <laughs> okay wait i, I have to um offer an alternative uh, idea with, with that sorry Lada but yeah. <laughs> um, I do feel that nowadays we have so many resources at our fingertips with especially internet and online shopping and tutorials that we perhaps do not have to always go down this route of decadence and uh, there is alternative ways uh, so uh, I'm sure of that but then in that case uh if your whole life is 100% cruelty free, you, you don't use, you know, uh, leather shoes or anything else, I do agree with you. And it can be an artistic, uh, you know, research, the one to be a fabulous showgirl without, uh, you know, cruelty free, fabulous showgirl. And I think it's an amazing, you know, it can be an amazing expression of, of your artistry as well. Uh, but in that case, I agree if your whole life is 100% cruelty free. But if you're the rest of your life, you're not taking care of little details like that in your life about plastic, about you know all this then i don't think you should care about it on stage it will be the last of the moments of your life where you should care about these things and there are a lot of uh, vegan animal activist uh, burlesque performers out there who have written many interesting articles about products that uh, you can buy so do a little research and there's lots of information out there and be decadent please be decadent do it for lada also woher bekommt man Federn, die hoffentlich nicht grausam von den Vögeln, vor allem von Sträußen, entfernt worden sind? Lada hat gesagt, dass ja eigentlich alle Showgirls grausam sind. Sie müssen grausam gegenüber Männern sein und das gehört eben zum Geschäft dazu. Es ist so, dass die Federn von Sträußen nicht natürlich ausfallen. Sie werden, wenn das Ganze auf humane Art sozusagen geschieht, abgeschnitten und es dauert ungefähr zwölf Monate, bis die Federn nachwachsen. 
die Sträuße, da sich das nicht rentiert, werden die Sträuße nicht wegen ihrer Federn getötet, sondern ihres Fleisches wegen. Denn der Verkauf von Federn ist am wenigsten lukrativ. Es gibt auch die Möglichkeit, sich selbst künstliche Federn herzustellen, zusammenzubasteln und dazu gibt es etliche Tutorials im Internet und viele, viele Artikel von veganen Performern. Also das ist auf jeden Fall eine Alternative. So whether it's fake or real, we suggest that you just shake your tail feather. was Shake Your Tail Feather by Ray Charles. Hey, Lady Lou, I had an idea. Look, I thought about these things of kids and little hands. It's true. I mean, I think they're quite perfectionist, but I think those kids are going to be too slow. They're going to get lost into games and, you know, talk, chatting between them. So I had another, another idea. What if I used a, sl a slave, like a man, like a sex slave to make my costumes? Well, Ladder, I've got someone just for you. Oh, I, we have a volunteer already. We had a man writing in by the name of George, and he had a very interesting question for us. Do you want to hear it? Yes, please. Okay. So his question goes like this. When I'm out on the street, or at a bar, or at a party, what is the quickest and easiest way to recognize if a woman is sexually dominant? Should I be looking at the way she is dressed? If that doesn't tell me anything, how can I find out in a short, casual conversation if she might be dominant or not? George fragt, woran er ganz schnell erkennen kann, dass eine Frau sexuell dominant ist. Oh well, oh well, oh well. Men always want the quick way to get to things. Well, it doesn't work that way, dear George. 
That's right, George. Good things take time, don't you know? Haven't you heard the saying? It's tried and true. It is. So take your time in the beginning. Make up, I guess, your normal casual conversation. But then you could insert some questions that penetrate her mind a little Mm. and get under the surface. Mm -hmm. Under the skin, huh? So... (laughs) For example, inside her mind. <laughs> okay, if you mention the word penetration around these girls, you get all sorts of reactions. What? 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 Penetration. So, moving forward. For example, a game I often like to play at parties, which people seem to enjoy. Um, it seems harmless, but you can actually find out a lot about a person. So let's play the little game on Suzanne. Maybe Suzanne, you yeah. want to play the game? Okay. Mm-hmm. Suzanne okay. is always the so best So the trick is here: you have to get the person to answer you very quickly. They should not have so much time to think about it. So Suzanne. What is your favorite animal? Dog. A dog. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what is your favorite color? Green. So please give me three words you would use to describe a dog. Stubborn, wild, and playful. Okay, and three words you would use to describe green. Natural, Calm and hopeful. Okay, so the six words you have just given me describe yourself. Ah, uh-huh. Yes. So from this, George, you could perhaps say that Suzanne would not be a dominant woman because you could look at the animal she chose, which is uh, a dog, which is often obedient and uh, has a master. And then green, uh, she described as calm and uh, natural, which is, to me, also would, would say uh, she would be more su- submissive. And uh, you could also develop some interesting uh, questions of your own. And Lada and I have come up with a couple that maybe you could use. Lada, what would be your question? Like, for example, um, why don't you ask the lady you, fr- you have in front of you something that is so innocent and she wouldn't even realize that you're actually asking her if she's a dominant or not? Example. You could ask her this question. If we woke up tomorrow morning together and went straight to the airport, would you like to choose the destination or would you like me to surprise you? Hmm, I think that, you know, depending on her answer, uh, you would have quite a good idea if she's a dominant woman or not. Or this one you could try as well. Really easy to fit into a bar or a party scenario. You could say, I would like to buy us a cocktail. Would you like me to choose it? Or do you know what you want? Mm. <laughs> we are so smart, ladies. Mm. We're coming up with such smart ideas, too. <laughs> We've got to go out and try these questions. <laughs> we really do. I'm, I'm really curious. I think we could find out a lot. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, George, please send us more examples of these questions. Be creative. Find so many. And uh, check out if the ladies around you are dominant or not. But even after all these questions, uh, you might think to yourself, yes, this one's dominant. You never know until you get her into the bedroom what you're going to get. Women are such mysterious creatures. Uh, Many women who are dominant in their lives uh, are not dominant in bed. Like for me, as an example, I love to be dominated because I love to find a man and that excites me to find a man who finally can dominate me. So to be uh, submissive in bed is something that actually excites me much more whether in real life I'm a dominant person. Wie erkennt man jemanden, der dominant im Bett ist? Lady Lou hat da ein interessantes Assoziationsspiel mit mir gespielt. Also man kann zum Beispiel jemanden fragen, was ist dein Lieblingstier und was ist deine Lieblingsfarbe? Und dann anhand der aufgezählten Eigenschaften kann man auf den Charakter der gefragten Person ableiten. Natürlich kann man sich auch seine eigenen Fragen ausdenken. 
anhand derer man erkennen kann, wie die Person eventuell im Bett drauf sein könnte. Zum Beispiel, Lady Lou hat da eine tolle Frage gefunden. Man ist in einer Bar und dann geht man hin zu der Frau seiner Wünsche oder zu dem Mann seiner Wünsche und dann fragt man, ja, ich würde uns gerne einen Cocktail spendieren. Soll ich den aussuchen oder weißt du, was du willst? Das ist doch ein ganz cleverer Trick. Letztendlich kann man aber nie genau wissen, ob die Person tatsächlich im Bett devot oder dominant ist, denn die Menschen sind meistens im richtigen Leben anders als im Bett. Es ist eben so, dass die Leute, die dominant sind, im Bett eher devot sind oder umgekehrt. Oh, you're right, Susanne. In bed I'm soft as a kitten. I promise. I can be soft as a kitten. Wild as a tiger, I can even be tame as a dove. Well, tell me how you want me, if you want me, my love. I can be clinging as ivy, thorny as a rose, hard to reach as the moon up above. Hello and welcome to the Ask Lou and Lada video tutorial. And today we are going to answer a question that one of our listeners sent in and she was asking us about our experience with female ejaculation. And since neither Lada and I have had personal experience with this, we thought we'd find a sexpert to come and help us and tell us all about it. So this is why we have this handsome gentleman here sitting on the couch with us today. Here we have my friend Jeffrey, and he claims that he can make almost any woman ejaculate. That's a pretty big claim, Jeffrey. It is, but... Uh The research holds it up, uh, along with experience. So you've got quite a bit of experience in this area. Yes, uh, here I've been called a squirtmeister. That seems to translate well locally. <laughs> the squirtmeister. Okay, well, shall we listen to the question that our listener sent in? Absolutely. Okay. Bonjour Lada, bonjour Lou. Hi Lada, hi Lou, it's uh, Sucre d'Orge. I'm calling from uh, backstage of a burlesque show. So um, I don't have a great intimacy, but it's, it's right. So I was attending a workshop very special about J-Point and feminine ejaculation. And I discovered a lot of things and it was very nice. And uh, since last year, I work sometimes in my bathroom, in my bathtub, in order to ejaculate myself. And I, I must say it's quite a success, but it's not happening in a sexual intercourse yet. So I wanted to know if for you, do you have 
some ejaculation before in your life and was it something you wanted to have or was it completely spontaneous and uh, how did you feel is it like another orgasm or something different for me it's really different okay so for your experience mm. how was the woman reacting to the squirting was she how was that orgasm was it deeper was it stronger i definitely would assume from uh, what i could see that it was stronger for her i wasn't the one coming in that moment so she would be a better uh, one to say if she came harder but that's the uh, general consensus is that the orgasm is much stronger with the squirting and many women it. say that they feel quite uh, tired after it, that they've lost all their like energies then they feel super relaxed and in such a stronger orgasm than the normal one yeah i, I would uh, assume so it definitely uh, there there is uh, i suppose a uh, more than just a physical release that goes with it from what i noticed and before we go on to the how to make it happen um the last show we mentioned that we were going to be talking about female ejaculation and a lot of the women that i've been talking to about this topic um they get quite awkward about it and uh, shy and it seems like this would be something embarrassing if it ever happened to them um do you have that have you had that experience in the past that a woman has been embarrassed about it uh absolutely of course uh everybody has different levels of comfort with themselves and with uh, whoever they're sharing an experience with so uh i think that can vary with the amount of trust and experience you have with the other person but uh i had uh one individual i was playing with uh who after some time and uh playing with her in the right way she squeezed onto me and said oh my god oh my god i'm gonna come and then the rug below us was soaked and she i could see was very embarrassed about it and i didn't speak to her for a, a couple of weeks and when she got back to me she told me how she was embarrassed about it and she thought that she had peed all over the rug uh, i i didn't think that i i was pretty well aware of what was coming out and i was having a fun time with it and had a big smile on my face so she went and asked a friend and the friend told her oh no no you didn't piss all over the place girl you came he made you squirt and so when she became more aware of that and could connect it with how that felt uh, uh, she came back for more <laughs> she came back for more indeed indeed good girl okay well should we go on to the how to make it happen we want to know don't we oh we want to know yes because i'm hoping that it's gonna happen to me one day but my famous italian lover that we talk about in every single episode <laughs> i reached to him and i it's been like actually before it even came out on the show i am um, we have quite a little of challenges and stuff and he was never able to achieve this challenge so Italian lover, I'm not gonna say your name, but you know who you are. You've Learn. got some work to do, boy. Yeah. So, for this next section, we're actually gonna bring in another special guest. And she goes A by the name... <laughs> she goes by the name of Paris. So, here we go. Let me introduce Paris, the vagina. And... Uh, she, Paris, is going to allow us to demonstrate um, how to make the female ejaculation happen. Uh, so, would you like to take Paris in your hands? Yes. Paris, yes. this is All Jeffrey. Right. Jeffrey, this is Paris. <laughs> All right. Wee oui, wee, oui, Paris. All right, there we go. So, um, I've never met Paris before. This is, we're just getting to know each other now. But you said you can make every woman squirt, so yes, you don't yes. even know. And so. this is less than a woman that I'm used to dealing with, so <laughs> I, I think I'm up for the challenge. So, uh, so could you explain us a little bit the anatomy and uh, I see a little uh, pink dot there, what is that? Well, this is... Uh, so actually you would keep it... well, she's upside down. Aha, uh -huh, yes. Well, I guess it's, it's which way we positioned her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Paris is losing her. 
So Paris, uh, here we have this little pink dot to uh, demonstrate about the our, our target point, the G spot. Uh, what's gonna make her come? That's where the the friction is the most important. You can hit the back door all you want, but this is where it, it counts. But first, before we try and get back there, uh, there's not gonna be much going on back there until we take care of Paris up here. <laughs> Agreed, ladies? Yes. yes. So, uh, Paris was kind enough to highlight something very important that we should all know about. That's Paris's shiny clit. Uh, I don't know how long it took her to get it that shiny, but it is. So, make sure to take care of all this out here. With your lips, tongue, mouth, fingers, caresses, uh, don't be afraid to say things. Whatever it's gonna take to get her to relax, be comfortable, and you'll know what you're doing is working when the fingers just slide right in, no problem, into her, and you get a nice little, ah, or gasp of sorts. That's, that's a good sign, I'd, I'd say. So once, um, everything, uh, her mind has lubricated her, uh, pussy, then, uh, then you can start working the fingers in, and, uh, we don't need this part for it anymore, so we'll just pull that oh away. Oh my god, you rip it, pussy? Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, I'm no, done no. with that part. Just for demonstration purposes only, do not do that yeah, at don't, home. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever rip Paris's pussy off, for God's sake. But, so, once... Once inside, uh, it's a common mistake, I think, to just try and drive the fingers in and out. Um, nobody wants a, a, a jackhammer. And, uh, Can you no demonstrate? With the yeah, so just this back and forth oh. rapid motion is... Ouch. Is no. not God, thank you so much <laughs> for saying that loud and explaining that on camera to the million of men that are watching us. Please don't do it. It's not and working. Yeah, and plus as well, we have to pretend that it is, you know, we're like, oh, oh, oh it's so good. And actually, I'm just like, oh, yeah, you, <laughs> give me a break. You're probably thinking, oh, great, an amateur. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe just to make sure it's wet, top to bottom and okay going back and forth a few times but yeah exactly because it's quite exciting but it's a bit violent as well i mean absolutely. i love it a little bit but absolutely. then after a while i mean do something please exactly exactly <laughs> okay. I, I like your attitude with that lotta uh but after we've had the uh what will we call it the the violent meeting uh, it's time to get to where it counts so imagine your fingers Go about two knuckles just before the bottom of your second knuckle is about when you put it inside where you're going to feel a little bit of a nub of a spot. It varies in how much it protrudes from girl to girl. Some it's uh, uh, really obvious and there's no mistaking it and others it's uh, just a small uh, bump of sorts. So you're looking for that. It's going to be about two knuckles in. And once you find it, gently massage it in circles. You want uh, the, the blood coming down to it. Just like your dick is going to get hard because it's filling with blood. And uh, it's part of what's going to help you come. Uh, same with uh, the inside of a pussy. It needs the blood coming to it. Because it's getting stimulated, so stimulate it. Once you've done that, the trick to the squirting is what I call the come here. You want them to come here. And the motion that you would signal a girl or anybody to come to you is the way that you want to stimulate that spot just right under it and around it. Uh, you can spread your fingers open as you do so so that feels like she's got a little bit of girth in there uh nobody wants you don't like a noodle dick do you a noodle dick like a spaghetti noodle oh no you want it fat like a sausage oh yes right? yeah i want right. a big sausage okay so right, so yeah. you can spread the mm -hmm. fingers you can even do it with three if you want but this is where you want to make it happen as you do so uh you'll know she's going to come and it's working 
when the muscles around where your fingers are start to contract and squeeze onto the fingers. Exactly, and here I open like another question. I have never understood how could you men believe to fake orgasms because it's quite clear when you have your penis inside oh, yeah. and when our muscles get so hard, that's when women come. So how can you be so stupid not to recognize when a woman is really coming and when she's not? You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> but I mean, all these millions of men that are watching us, come on. Come on, wake up. I think maybe for those guys, it's not that they want to believe you came. It's that they did, and that's enough. Yeah, but, I mean, anyway, anyway, let's move okay, on. Yeah, move yeah, move on, move on. But I mean, just to make that clear once okay, for all. We got it. Got it? Got it? We got it. Okay, so come on, the big finale. So Woo! you're feeling the contraction of the muscles around the fingers. The tighter they squeeze, uh, she may try and push you away with the contractions uh, she might start screaming but that's when you know it's going to be happening and the more that you feel this bump swelling out almost to the point that you think it's it feels as if it's going to push out uh, of the pussy like uh, then that's when you know you can pull the fingers away and as you do so a nice stream of happiness will come with it Bravo, wow. maestro! Wow. <laughs> wow, you really are a master. What 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 was your name again? Squirtmeister. Squirtmeister. Let's give him this. Crown, yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous, Squirtmeister. Gorgeous. Well done. Should we give him a clap? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Wow, Jeffrey, that was fascinating, interesting, informative all in one and thank you so much for coming in and uh, sharing your expertise on these ejaculation matters and I'm sure you've got so much more knowledge up your sleeve don't you about these areas I've, I've got a few tricks and stories uh, up my sleeve but uh, thank you for having me it was my pleasure so ladies if you have any questions for our what did you call what was the name squirt meister well, he was a squirt meister but i think we can generally call him sex meister for sex uh, our sex meister you can write any questions in and and so we can uh, have the opportunity of inviting the lovely jeffrey back into our studio so the two ways of asking us questions are writing us an email on questions.burlesconair at gmail.com or even better, send us a voice message on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash burlesconair. So Jeffrey, do you have a song for us before you go? I did have one in mind for you. Uh, What's Inside a Girl by The Cramps. Ooh, and Jeff certainly knows it.
Hörste, And now this brings us to the last question of our show, and it's just by another George. So many Georges. Hi, my name is George. I want to know, do you prefer a circumcised penis or not circumcised penis? Thank you very much. George hat gefragt, ob Lady Lou und Lada Redstar lieber beschnittene oder unbeschnittene Penisse mögen. Well, George, I prefer a uncircumcised penis. Simply because that's what I'm used to. I haven't really seen so many circumcised penises. But um, I definitely prefer a penis that is protected in its little blanket, like a cozy little sleeping bag. And then... It's ready to come out to play and the foreskin goes away and then it becomes a whole different object that's um, a transformation and I like that. Uh, so I definitely prefer uncircumcised. Well, it's well known that I love all penises of all shapes, except the micro penis that we talk about next week. But, so I had experienced it with both, and actually my ex-husband, he, uh, he was circumcised. So there is something that I really love about the circumcised penis, is this shine on the prepuzio, how do you call it, like a pella, this the top part of the, of the cock, and the shine on it when it's circumcised, it's so beautiful and romantic, it's like a moon, and you watch it, and you just want to sing love songs but I think that for practical reasons I prefer a non-circumcised penis because it's so much easier for hand jobs and uh, you know you don't have to like uh, spit on it and lubricate every two seconds while you're hand doing a hand job and then as well I just have to play with this little skin and, and kiss it and play with it and touch it and it's so soft anyway I love all penises Lady Lou bevorzugt unbeschnittene Penisse. Sie ist ja auch mit unbeschnittenen Penissen aufgewachsen. Und sie mag es einfach, diese Transformation, wenn der Penis sozusagen versteckt ist. Und dann, wenn man damit spielt, wie er sich dann verändert und dann zu einem richtigen, ausgewachsenen Penis wird. Und Lada Red Star, bei ihr ist es etwas anders mal wieder. Sie war verheiratet mit einem Mann, der einen beschnittenen Penis hatte und sie fand es ganz toll, wie der Penis immer geglänzt hat, weil er beschnitten war. Doch aus praktischen Gründen bevorzugt sie dann doch Penisse, die unbeschnitten sind, weil man da nicht, wenn man Handarbeit betreibt, nicht die ganze Zeit immer wieder drauf spucken muss, damit eine gewisse Gleitung entsteht. Ja. And with this universal love message to all penises of the world, we say goodbye to you. Thank you, Radio Alex, for having us once again. And see you next month, so on the third Wednesday of uh, April. And Lady Lou, would you like to remind our listeners how to send us messages for the next episode? Well, you can email us on questions.burlesconair.com 
at gmail.com or you can send us a message on our page which is www.facebook.com slash and please be adventurous and try and send us a voice message we really like those voice messages oh and we also love dirty pictures like the ones pervy paul sends us every month oh my goodness they're getting outrageous so and we know that pervy paul is not circumcised <laughs> and we want to receive more of these pictures so send them over on our page please send 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 us sexy pictures and sexy messages and sorry to any listeners that have sent in questions that we have not yet answered uh, we will try our very best to get to your questions next time please share with us all of your secrets and your fetishism and your little dirty thoughts we want to hear them all and we want to talk about it so it's time to say goodbyes until next time listeners goodbye tschüss ciao